Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for the prayers of the righteous, but I want to make sure we keep the main thing, the main thing. And if we could, just before I take my text, I want to keep myself humble and make sure we know who we came to see on this morning. So can we just open up our mouths and begin to bless his name. Father, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. We've come for you, God, and none other. And God, we want you to know by by the fruit of our lips who we've come to worship, who we've come to lift up. Come on, with the fruit of your lips, begin to bless his name. God, you are worthy. We love you, God. And we declare hallelujah. 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 Now seal that with a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 If we can stand to our feet, I want us to go quickly to our text. So grateful to have my grandmother in the house of the Lord. Can we give God a hand clap of praise for her? Hallelujah. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Look at somebody and say, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. It really is good to see somebody and it's good to be seen. Somebody say it's good to be seen. Because no man knows the day nor the hour. So it's good to be seen in the land of the living. The very fact that we're breathing and that means that we saw the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Somebody say amen. Let us go to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. As my wife has already prayed, we're praying for Danchelle, Minister Danchelle and her family. What a difficult season they're enduring. Um, just in a matter of weeks to lose grandmothers. So just got to keep them lifted. Grandmother, mother, a sister and a friend. Matthew chapter 18. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. If you don't have your Bibles, it's on your screen. I will say this, I'm going to be looking at Matthew 18, 21 through 35, but for the sake of my topic this morning, we're just going to look at, focus on these two scriptures. The Bible says, then Peter came to him, somebody say Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? And Peter, I believe, uh, knowing that he wanted Jesus to give him a different answer, he said, should it be at least seven times? But this is what the Lord says. No, not seven times. Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Somebody say 70 times seven. seven. Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to help somebody this morning. I've been on this sermon series called Forgiven. Freedom from the shame of sin. And like I've spoke um 
over these um, last few weeks, shame comes as a result of sin. You have to know that. It doesn't matter if you committed a sin or somebody sinned against you. Shame comes as a result, somebody say, of sin. Uh, but this morning, I want to minister from this subject that forgiveness is required of us all. Somebody say it's required of me. And I need us to understand something. Your willingness to hold on to bitterness will cause you to be held hostage by shame. If you hold on to bitterness, I know you want to be bitter. I know you want to give them a piece of your mind. I know you don't want to talk to them no more. I know you want to delete them out of your phone. I know you want to be bitter every time you see them. But if you hold on to bitterness, you'll be held hostage by shame. Tell your neighbor, let go of bitterness. And somebody may be asking, Pastor Keith, that sound good, but how do you know that bitterness will take root in my life if I don't forgive somebody? I need us to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. The Bible says, see to it that no one, somebody say nobody. That means your daddy that didn't treat you right. That means your husband that ain't no good. Somebody say nobody. That best friend that um, did you wrong. Somebody say nobody. Fall short of God's grace. And here's why God says, don't let nobody fall short of my grace. Because if so, that a root of resentment might spring up and cause trouble. And by it, it may many be defiled. And some of the texts and some of the virgins say, um, say, no root of bitterness will spring up. Uh, so whenever I miss out and I don't extend grace to another, somebody say, I become bitter. I become bitter. And if we can be honest, when we've been misused, mistreated, and mishandled by people, it's easy to ensure that somebody misses the grace of God. Uh, when people have mistreated you, misused you, mishandled you, I don't always want to extend grace. I don't know about nobody else, but I don't know how you're, you've been built. But when people mistreat me, I don't always want to extend grace. In other words, when people sin against us, we become bitter and we're unwilling to forgive them. I know y'all been saved a long time, so that may not apply to y'all, but it applied to me. And Hebrews 12, 15 reminds us that our unwillingness to forgive another, in other words, extend grace, not only hurts um, them, but it hurts us as well. Because the reality is, watch this, unforgiveness does not make our shame better, it just makes us more bitter. When you're unforgiving and you hold that in your heart, it does not help you with your shame. I know they did you wrong, I know, they, I know you may be the talk of the town because of what they've done to you, but holding on to unforgiveness does not make your shame better. Somebody say, it makes me more bitter. I know I'm talking right about it, it makes you more bitter. Our shame remains and somebody may be saying why, 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 why does my shame remain? And I believe I have this on, this on our screen. I need us to understand something. When we hold on to unforgiveness, we rehearse their sin against us. In other words, we reopen the wounds that they cause. Somebody say that's bitterness. When you're unwilling to be unforgive um, them and hold on to bitterness, you remind yourself of their sin against you. Somebody say, let that go. And it keeps me from moving forward in my walk because all I think about is what they did to me. And then when I remain bitter, I even resent their sin against me. I don't know about y'all, but it calls you to want to sin against them. Somebody say, when I'm bitter, 
I don't know about nobody else, but when I'm bitter, I, I don't think about the Gospels. I don't think about what Jesus said. Many times I just want to get somebody to say payback. Yeah. Oh, that's bitterness. That's bitterness. So many of us think we helping ourselves, but we ain't hurt, helping nobody. We're just hurting ourselves. Somebody say, I'm hurting myself. Oh, that's bitterness. That's bitterness. So our unwillingness to forgive another sin against us ain't hurting nobody but ourselves. And listen to this. Folk that do you wrong don't care if you forgive them. Somebody say, I'm not helping them. I'm helping me. See, that should have helped somebody right there. Because many of us hold on to unforgiveness because we think we're doing something to them. But really, somebody say, I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting myself. They don't care if you forgive them or not. They want you to be bitter. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? And this is one of the reasons why it's not only necessary that we receive forgiveness, but it's also required of us. This is why Jesus knew that if we held on to this level of bitterness, that watch as you would continue to rehearse their sins, that you will remind yourself of their sins, and you will resent their sins. So God says, not only are you eligible to receive forgiveness, but I also need you to know that you're required to extend forgiveness. Uh, Some might say Jesus was the first example. When people persecuted him, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Because no believer should become bitter and no believer should ever remain in bondage to shame. And therefore, no matter how much we believe shame was birthed by their sin um, against us, our ability to forgive always, watch this, causes shame not to keep us in bondage. Did y'all catch what I just said? Although what they did to you may have birthed shame, if you don't forgive them, you'll always be in bondage to shame. And herein lies one of the reasons why the enemy wants us as believers to be unwilling to forgive another who has sinned against us. Because the enemy knows the harm that harboring unforgiveness can do in our lives. I need you to know it's a trick of the enemy. Somebody say it's a trick of the enemy. He wants you to hold on to unforgiveness because he knows the harm that it will cause if you harbor unforgiveness in your life. I need you to see something in this text. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, 26 through 27. The Bible says, if you are angry, and I don't know about nobody else, but when folks sin against you, you may be sad, you may be embarrassed for a little bit, but many of us get angry. And do not let it become sin. Get over your anger before the day is finished. He says, listen, just get over it as quick as you can. Do not let the devil start working in your life. Oh, that's the, that's the piece we miss. Uh, in other words, your unwillingness to forgive another who has sinned against you will cause the enemy to start working in your life. So many of us think that we just, yeah, I ain't talking to them no more. I don't want them calling my phone. I'm going to put them on block. I'm going to do all of that. And I get all of that, but really you're just bitter. And watch this, you're not only bitter, but the enemy is now working in your life. I'm talking about missionaries. Somebody say missionaries. I'm talking about the motherboard. Somebody say the motherboard. Ah, You might have a title, but the enemy is still working in your life if you're unwilling to forgive. And And watch this. If we can be honest, it can be hard for us to forgive others when their sin has caused us great harm. That's the real reality. Uh, Pastor Keith, you don't know how bad they did me. I I, I get it. I know you, you don't know how much harm they caused me. 
But yet, watch this, if it's our desire for shame not to hold us hostage and for the enemy not to be at work in our lives, we must ask ourselves these questions. I know they hurt you, but how must we forgive those that have sinned against us? How, how? And why must we, uh, there's a little typo, y'all, we forgive those who have sinned against us. And I think the bigger question is, God, why is forgiveness required of me? You know that they're full of the devil. You know what they did to me. You know they hurt me when I was just trying to live for God. So why is it required of me? Uh, I believe we find the answer to this question in our foundational text. Uh, And watch this. In Matthew chapter 18, we find Jesus. So if you look at Matthew 18 in its totality, we find Jesus instructing the disciples um, how to deal with those who afflict sin. Uh, We see that in verses 6 through 9. You can read it for yourself. Then he tells us, how do we deal with the folk that go astray because of sin? We find that in verses 10 and 14. And then he also tells us, how do we deal with the folk that have been accused of sin? He, we, we find that in verses 15 through 20. And then he says, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's different when you watch folks sin against other folk. It, it's different when you see folk go astray and it don't really affect your life because of sin. It's different when you see folk that, that have been accused of sin, but it's a whole nother thing when you got to deal with folk that have sinned against you. And so Jesus lays all of this out and then we find in our foundational text, he said, now all of that, I need you to understand how to deal with folk that sin against you. Uh, Somebody say, help us today, Lord. In our foundational text, we find the apostle Peter asking Jesus this question of how often should I forgive somebody that has sinned against me? And I find it so funny that we have Peter asking Jesus this question. Because in like many of us, we get tired of being mistreated by folk. And in our natural mind, when people are carnal against us, we think it we're justified to cut them off. Yet in our foundational checks, text, Jesus challenges this thinking and it outlines why forgiveness is required of us all. And I want to I want to drop this off before I go into my text. Here's a word of wisdom. You can forgive somebody, but does that, that does not mean you have to be a fool. I, y'all might need to write that one down because I, I didn't put that in the notes. You can forgive somebody, but that does not have to make you a fool. Now somebody might be saying, what do I mean? Even if you're not bitter, watch this, because of their sins, that does not mean you don't need to put up boundaries. Did y'all catch what I just said? I, I'm not going to be no fool. So I'm telling you, neighbor, I ain't going to be no fool. Because the reality is some prior sins require boundaries. I know I'm saved. I know that I'm filled with the spirit, but I'm not no fool. So I say, I ain't no fool. Yeah, I ain't no fool. I'm going to put up some boundaries around your behind. Uh, Because some sins require boundaries. I know many of us have experienced the sin of, of abuse, the sins of deceit, and the sins of great harm. And all of those, somebody say they require boundaries. So listen to what Pastor Keith is trying to tell you. Somebody say, Pastor Keith trying to tell me, don't be no fool. Don't be no fool. I want you to forgive them, but don't be no fool. Because some sins I can forgive you and watch this and keep you right there. Now that's good news to me. I don't know about nobody else, but I can forgive you and keep you right. And matter of fact, you stay over there. Forgiveness may be required of us all, but forgiveness does not have to make a fool of us all. 
Therefore, my prayer this morning is that we gain strength and strategies to know how do we forgive those that have sinned against us? And why, can God, we need wisdom to understand why forgiveness is required of us all because you don't know what they did to me. So let's examine our text and I'm going to be out your way. Uh, let's look at verse number 21. The Bible says, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Peter says seven times. I know some may not like this, but the degree of another sin against you does not determine your ability to forgive them. Now, somebody needed to hear that. The degree of their sin against you does not determine your ability to forgive them. Somebody say, I've got the ability. You just don't want to. And here lies the reality. Watch this. For many to include believers, the world do it and believers. We like to weigh. Somebody say weigh. weigh. Another sin to determine if they're worthy of our forgiveness. We like to qualify sin. So if your sin reaches a certain level, I feel like I don't have to forgive you. But somebody say the devil is a lie. Yeah, the devil is a lie. This is why Peter poses this question to Jesus in our foundational text. Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Uh, seven times. And it's important to know this word. Uh, go to the next slide. Against in Matthew 18, 21 is the Greek word ice. And one definition of this word means having reached a point. I need y'all to stay with me. So what Peter was really asking Jesus is that I believe that at some point their sins reach a point where I don't have to forgive them anymore. And if we can be honest, many of us ask Jesus and say, God, they, they sins just have reached a point where I don't want to forgive them no more. And I believe it's so fitting that we find Peter asking this question. Because Jesus knew just a few chapters later that Peter would deny him. In other words, Jesus knew that Peter would deny him and Jesus would still forgive him. Not, not, not somebody say this is my savior. Jesus knew that Peter would deny him. And Peter had the nerve to ask Jesus if a sin would reach a point. Well, I don't have to. Well, what if Jesus would have said, Peter, you know what? You, the only of my disciples that denied me. And your sin reached such a point that I cannot forgive you. And watch this. Many of us may have not denied Jesus, but we've disobeyed him. Many of us have not denied Jesus, but because we got the label minister, we call, we tell folk, we love to put, y'all know how on social media you can put um, about you. Y'all got woman of God, y'all got prayer warrior, you got deacon in your church. So you put this label on you and watch this, because of our actions, we defile the name of God. You may have not denied him, but you have disobeyed him. Somebody say, I've defiled his name a few times as well. I don't know about y'all, but I've defiled his name. I have not lived up to the standard that he called me. But yet, watch this. He still forgave me. He still forgave us despite, watch this, despite us denying, disobeying, and defiling his name. Because watch this. We think we can justify denying forgiveness to another. Oh, somebody say the devil is a lie. Just check. Somebody say check your own life. Yeah, you got to check your own life. 
Because one of the reasons that forgiveness is required of us all is because, watch this, forgiveness to another is exempt of condition. Now that's good news. If it's not good news for the one that sinned against you, somebody say it's good news for me. That means that there is no, nothing holds me exempt from receiving the forgiveness of God. Now I will say this, I, I, I did not teach this, but I want you to know this. There's one sin that you cannot be forgiven for. Someone say one sin. That one sin, this is why it's dangerous for preachers just to run their mouth. It is the one that talks about blaspheming on the Holy Ghost. In other words, saying what God said and he ain't never said. Someone say, better, you better watch your mouth. Now that's the one, that's the, that's the one exemption. Someone say the one exemption. Don't be getting up here talking about you no prophet and you heard God and you ain't hear nothing but yourself. That's, a, that, that, that's the one exemption. Oh, but other than that, uh, folk, don't be speaking into my life. I, I can forgive you for a whole bunch of other things. As a matter of fact, I can forgive you. God ain't going to forgive you. Did y'all catch what I just said? Even though God may not forgive them, I'm still required. To because how many of us have received um, raggedy words? I don't know about y'all, but I've received in the church some raggedy words for some raggedy from raggedy church folk. Yeah, somebody say raggedy. But even with those raggedy words, I'm still required to forgive them. Oh, because watch this. There are no conditions to forgive the one who sins against us because watch this. Why, Pastor Keith, we're commanded to forgive. How do I know? Uh, consider what Jesus declares in John 15, 12. The Bible says this is my, and I love how they put my in capital letters. Jesus said, this is my, somebody say commandment. That you love one another, that I as love you, that as I have loved you. Now I probably say, Pastor Keith, there ain't no forgiveness in that text. There ain't nothing in that text. Well, hear this, and I've said this over and over and over again throughout this series. Romans 5 and 8 reminds us that while we were yet sinners. He said he demonstrated his love towards us. Watch this. That he sent his son to die for us. That means, watch this. He loved us while we were in our sins and it required his death to be forgiven of our sins. In other words, that means we're commanded to love others in their sin. And someone say, in their sin. And the reality is you can't forgive another in their sin if you don't love them while they're in their sin. So you might be saying, oh, Pastor Keith, you, you just don't understand. I can love folk and not forgive them. Somebody say, no, you can't. Jesus said that while we were yet sinners, he sent his son to die for us. So he exhibited his love while we were still in sin. The trouble that a lot of us have, we don't know how to love folk while they're in sin. I had to learn this lesson dealing with folk that were so close to me. And I said, God, you asking me to love somebody that ain't loving me back. Y'all know the song? But he's, but he's trying to teach us to be more like him. Somebody say that's a hard thing. Woo, that's a hard thing. I told my wife, I say, I just got to realize that's just the way they're going to be. And that's so sad, but I got to love them in their sin. And here's the good news. If we can learn to love people in their sin, that love might take them out of their sin. It might be the very thing that propels them. Somebody say, out of their sin. Woo, but we don't know how to love folk in their sin. Somebody say, help us today, Lord. He, he's, he's still helping me, y'all. I got to learn how to love some folk in their sin. 
And Jesus reminds us uh, with these words in Matthew 12, 34. And notice what the text says. I believe it's on our screen. He said, brood of vipers, how can you be an evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That means, watch this, if you can't part your lips to forgive me, then your heart has no room to love me. Listen, this is how you know if folk really love you. If you can't part your lips to forgive me, you have no room in your heart to love me. I love my wife dearly, y'all, and it's really been in the midst of me making mistakes that I realized how much she loved me. Because she was able to forgive me, watch this, in my sin. And many of us say we love folk, but can't part our lips to forgive them. Somebody say, open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. That's, and somebody say that ain't Pastor Keith. Somebody say that's Bible. Because if you love me, then you will be willing to extend grace to me. This is why I love how the New International Reader's version of Romans 5.20 says it. But where sin increased, God's grace increased even more. In other words, wherever we find sin, hear this, grace should always follow. Somebody say forgiveness. Wherever I find sin, I'm going to extend grace. I might have, I might have to put up a few walls, y'all, but I'm going to extend some grace. I'm going, I'm going to watch you from afar, but I'm going to extend you some grace. I'm not going to cut you off all fully, but I'm going to extend you some grace. Wherever sin resides, I, people should be eligible to receive. Somebody say grace. Yeah, that's good news to me. That's good news for all of us. And I said this, we're all subject to sin. Uh, that's good news because we're all subject to sin. So just as we need forgiveness, somebody say so to somebody else. And I know we may talk about another sin today, but it could easily be us. Somebody say tomorrow. We've got to be careful, y'all, about putting our mouth on people because it might be them today, but it could be you tomorrow. Me and my wife have been having a serious dialogue about our relationship. And I say, girl, I just don't leave me. <laughs> and we just, but we just been talking through that because we're all subject to it, y'all. All the enemy needs. Watch this. The Bible says if you harbor this anger in you, the enemy starts working. So all it takes is one disagreement with my wife, and then I start harboring anger, and I don't forgive her, and I keep holding on to it. I may talk to her, but I'm still thinking about that thing. And now the enemy is at work in me, and all it takes is one little girl to come on and pass me by. Okay, y'all think it's something else. Somebody, I'm somebody say I'm talking right about it. Yeah, I'm talking right about it. It's the truth because we've seen it happen. And that's why it's good news that forgiveness of another sin is exempt of condition. Y'all need to write that down because it's some folk you don't want to forgive right now. It's exempt of condition. Now, let's, uh, let's look at verse number 22. The Bible says... Um, here's Jesus' response. No, not seven times. Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Our love for another in the form of forgiveness has no limit. Did y'all catch what I just said? Our love for one another, especially the one who sins against us in the form of forgiveness has no limit. I know we may not like this, but this means no matter how they sinned against you, watch this, and no matter how much they sin against you, our forgiveness for one that sins against us must be extended continually. That's going to be hard. Somebody say, that's going to be hard. 
hate that. And I love how Jesus never qualifies it. Not, 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 no, no matter how they sin against me or how much they sin against me, I'm required to extend forgiveness. Somebody say continually. This is why Jesus responds to Peter's question with these words. No, not seven times, but 70 times seven. In other words, here's the good news. Grace does not give up on another sin, so our forgiveness should not either. Somebody say, grace don't give up. Someone say, I need to be full of grace. If you have an issue with extended forgiveness continually, then you need to ask God to fill you with grace. Somebody say, Lord, fill me with grace. Yeah, Lord, fill me with grace. I need your grace, God, because I know you say your grace is sufficient, so give it to me because right now I don't feel sufficient enough to forgive them. Somebody say that's the truth. And this is why Jesus, watch this, responded to the Pharisees in this manner when they attempted to condemn the woman that washed Jesus' feet in Luke 7, 47. Notice what he says. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, it says that this woman was laid down with many sins. And the Bible says that Jesus says, therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, somebody say, are forgiven. That's Luke 7, 47. But I need us to understand something about what's in that text. And I don't know if I put it on the screen. The Greek translation of that word many in Luke 4, 47 is often. In other words, what Jesus was saying, as often as she sinned was as often as I forgave her. So that means as often as someone may sin against me is as often as I should forgive them. Oh, somebody say that's a lot of work. Yeah, that's a lot of work. But somebody say God says many. Yeah, He says many. He says many. Oh, I know this. This is a hard one today. In other words, in like manner, I know we may not like this, but as often as they sin against us, we should be as often as we forgive them. And this is why the latter portion of the New Living Translation of 1 Peter 4 and 8 says this. For love covers, somebody say, a multitude of sins. That word covers in 1 Peter 4 and 8 means to pardon or in other words forgive. And we're not called to forgive a few sins. Watch this. We're called to forgive many sins. Somebody say many. We're not called to forgive some sins. Somebody say we're called to forgive a multitude. Somebody say multitude. I love how the text says covers. In other words, it does not say covered ED. It doesn't say love covered a multitude of sins. It does not. It says that love, watch this, covers. That means it's ongoing. Someone say it's a process. Ah, that means as much as I'm required, watch this, as they sin against me, I'm required to cover their sins. Somebody say forgive them. And I want to drop this off again. I think this may be um, um, for those of us who have a hard time extending forgiveness continually. Because if we can be honest, there are some sins that have left us scars. Y'all know that? There's some sins and it's scars that folk can't see. There's scars on our hearts, scars on our emotions, scars on our worthiness. We don't feel worthy because some sins have left some scars. And I'm like, Pastor Keith, you just don't understand. I can't forgive them continually. And this is why there are times, I said this earlier, but I've got to say it again. Someone say, put up boundaries. 
Because if someone is prone to sin against us continually, we can help them out by putting up boundaries. Because if you can't control yourself, I'm going to cover myself. That's good news to me, y'all. It's some folk that can't control themselves. So somebody say, I'm going to cover myself. I'm going to forgive your behind, but I'm going to cover myself. You don't have, watch this, because I need y'all to, I know this is a difficult message, but you don't have to willingly allow others to sin against you. And that's why it's wise at times to put up walls. Sometimes you really do have to block people from your phone because they mouth run too rampant. Sometimes you do need to know that you don't have to go to lunch with everybody. All right, because you don't know how to love me appropriately. There's sometimes, watch this, where you do need to kick them behind out the house. Listen, I know you're married to them, but if they can't keep their hands off you, somebody say, you got to get out. I'm going to forgive you, but I'm going to cover myself. Somebody say, cover yourself. Because if you feel like you can't cover another sin, then you need to cover yourself. But even so, watch this. Even when I kick you out the house, I still got to forgive you. I'm telling y'all, I know it don't feel good. But at least getting them far enough away that they can't put any more scars on you. That they can't just abuse you willingly. And I think the church has done some folks such a disservice because I've heard preachers and heard stories of preachers that tell a woman to stay in a marriage and that man is beating the heck out of him. I want to say something else. But somebody say, don't be no fool. I can forgive you, but you can get up out of my house. You ain't just sleeping on the couch. You are out the house. And then watch this. We're, we're required to extend forgiveness. Somebody say continually. I know that's a difficult thing. I'm done, y'all. Let's look at verse number 27. I need us to understand. So after this happens and, and Jesus responds to Peter, Jesus now gives um, Peter this parable. In this parable, we find this servant who begs to his master for forgiveness. And the Bible says that this servant fell upon his knees and said, Master, please, I beg of you. And then the, 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 the master had so much compassion on him. So, so we find um, in our text um, where, where this master in this parable, this master now has compassion on this servant. And the Bible says then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. How you forgive others matters just as much if you forgive others. Somebody say how. Because some of y'all want to forgive folk and you still want to blast them on social media. Somebody say that ain't of God. So just it matters how you forgive them. Somebody may be saying what do I mean? You can't forgive grudgingly but you got to forgive with grace. You can't forgive with a piece of your mind. You know how you're going to say I'm going to forgive them but they're going to get a piece of my mind right now. But you forgive, watch this, in peace. Oh, we don't like that. You can't forgive and hold it against them. I think this is one of the things that causes relationships to wither and die because we tell our spouse and our whoever we're in relationship, I forgive you, but we always bring it up. But really what God is saying, you need to forgive with your whole heart. Don't, for, don't hold it against them. Somebody say it matters how I forgive them. In other words, we should forgive those who sin against us in a manner that exudes compassion. 
This is why the master in the parable in our foundational text responds to the servant that begged for forgiveness in this matter. Then the master was filled with pity for him. And one translation of that phrase filled with pity is in Matthew 18, 27 means moved with compassion. Now, now I know this is going to be real difficult for somebody because the, the problem with many of us is that somebody might be asking, how can I be moved with compassion for somebody that's been carnal against me? How do you expect me to move with compassion when you know what they did to me? Somebody say the answer easy. It's easy to be moved with compassion for another when compassion has moved your way. When you really know what compassion looks like when you didn't deserve it, it's easy to extend compassion to folk that you don't think deserve it. But the reason why many of y'all can't extend compassion because you really don't know what compassion looks like. Huh? Somebody made me say, what about me? When you know you were forgiven, when you were sinking deep in sin, it's easy to have compassion. This is why you've always got to remind yourself of what you used to be. It's when you know you were forgiven, when you were all in your flesh, it's easy to have compassion. And watch this. When you know that God has forgiven you when you were far from him. Ooh, it's easy to have compassion. Uh, somebody say, I, somebody say um, ask your history. When you find it hard to exude compassion for another, then you may need to remind yourself of your history with God. Now ask your neighbor this, do you even have history with God? If you've got history with God, watch this, and all of us, I know y'all look cute this morning, I know y'all all dressed up, but it ain't always used to be this way. I know that I can look, um, put a little smile on my face, and I know I look lovely, but I was not always lovely. And when I know that God still yet forgave me, God can still yet use me, there's times where I say, you know what, I don't even need to be on this pulpit because I know where I came from. When you can have, somebody say history with God. Now, a lot of folk know how to talk about God, but a lot of folk ain't got history with God. The New Age Church ain't got no history with God. We give folk a title that ain't got no history with God. Before you know a scripture, you need some history with God. Before you get a title, before anybody lay hands on you, somebody say, I need history with God. We got folk ministering to folk that ain't got no history with God. And you wonder why the church is so nasty and know how to kick folk out because you ain't got no history with God. You better run from them kind of church. Somebody say, you better run. I need some folk that got history with God. The, watch this. I don't know about anybody else, but this is why the psalmist could declare these words in Psalm 111, verse number four. The Bible says he has made his wonderful works to be remembered. When God do a work in your life, it's easy to remember. The Lord is gracious. And the, notice this. He doesn't say anything about the abundance of God. He says he is gracious and full of compassion. The first thing you need to know about God is that God is full of compassion. I don't want to hear about no other. I don't want to hear about your mailbox miracle. I don't want to care about your house or the car you drive. What do you know about the compassion of God? Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but when God does a work in you and for you, you remember. Here's a real litmus test when folk say they love God. Ask them their testimony. And if that testimony ain't attached to God's compassion, 
Somebody say they don't know God. No, you don't know God. I don't know what God you know, but that ain't my God. My God is full of compassion. The psalmist remember the compassion of the Lord, and it don't take much. Watch this. It don't take much for me to move with compassion when I know compassion has been moved my way. Somebody say, all I got to do is remember. And here's the good news. God doesn't require anything of you. Watch this. Now, this is good news. God does not require anything of you that you will first not receive yourself. Did y'all catch what I just said? God will never set you up like that. God will never. Watch this. Somebody say never. God will never tell you to forgive somebody that has done you so nasty unless you first receive God's compassion yourself. So, 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 so when it gets difficult and I know that they ain't no good because some folk ain't no good. And I told y'all some folk is really full of the devil. Somebody say some folk full of the devil. So I don't get caught up in their reflection, but I, I watch this. I resonate on what I need to remember. Now that's good news to me. Because y'all know some folk face will make you go somewhere. Did y'all hear what I just said? When they walk through the door, it will make your mind go somewhere else. So when I see their face, I've got to remember what God has done in my life. I've got to remind myself of his compassion and how he's been compassionate towards me. I've got to remember God. And the enemy, why says? This is why I say bitterness is so dangerous. Because he wants you to remember their sin and not him. Did y'all catch what I just said? Bitterness wants you to remember the sin against you and not God's compassion. Somebody say, remember his love. Help us today, God. So if you have not, watch this, if you receive compassion for God, it should not be difficult that that compassion is required of you. Somebody say, I got to forgive him. If God ain't extending no compassion, then you can hold on to that bitterness. But if he's loved on you when they're sending you compassion, I'm sorry. You got to forgive them. Watch this. Hear this. I want to drop this off. I don't even know if I had this on my screen. But watch this. Don't attempt to forgive another if compassion ain't attached to it. Somebody say, don't do it. I, I, know, I know you think because the Bible tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it gradually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slide them this little note and I'm going to just be done with it. Somebody say, don't do it. Here's why I say don't do it. Because if compassion ain't attached to it, it's going to be short-lived. Woo! Did y'all catch what I just said? Forgiveness void of compassion will always be short-lived. Somebody may be saying, how do I know? Psalm 136 reminds us that is mercy. Somebody compassion. Somebody say compassion. Endures forever. So watch this. That means it's his mercy that makes forgiveness meaningful. If ain't ain't no mercy with it, I don't want it. Uh, I'm telling y'all, listen, don't allow folk to say they forgive you and it ain't no mercy attached to it. They really did not forgive you. Did y'all hear what I just said? Because as soon as you do something contrary to what they think you should do, that forgiveness will be, somebody say, short-lived. Ooh, don't, l- listen, I heard um, um, the late Reverend Dr. Arthur T. Jones say, don't make me no sandwich if you ain't going to make it with love. I'll make it myself. Don't forgive me if you ain't going to extend mercy with it. I can forgive myself. I don't know about y'all, but I'll forgive myself. You can hold on to that unforgiveness, baby. I done forgave myself. It ain't nothing like forgiving yourself. You can be over there with a little um, little mug face. I done forgave myself. 
don't try to forgive without compassion because somebody said it will not last and this is why Jesus says we're required to give forgive but if you're going to forgive somebody say it has to exude compassion I'm done y'all I know this is hard because y'all got some folk on your mind right now listen I ain't gonna say it. I, I hear my wife telling me, don't say it. But it's hard even when you have people that are close to you. There's some of us who have people that have birthed us into the world. I'm like, God, I didn't ask to be here. But the person that brought me here is causing me so much pain. And God says, I'm requiring you to forgive them. And many times, my ability to forgive them may be the holdup of them coming to God. Somebody say, Lord, help me forgive them. We We cannot desire forgiveness, watch this, without being a dispenser of forgiveness. Many of us love to run to the altar and ask God to forgive us. But God says, you ain't even got a desire to forgive folk. Why am I going to forgive you? Because the reality is forgiveness is required of us all. And herein lies the sad reality for many believers. Is that we want forgiveness from the Lord. But many are unwilling to forgive those that have sinned against them. And watch this. Despite how you feel. I'm, I'm telling you the Lord is still working on me. We're commanded to forgive those that sin against us. And that forgiveness, I said this, it has to be exempt of condition. Now, there's one that God's going to say, you, you, you lie on the Holy Spirit against me, the Lord ain't going to forgive them. But watch this. We don't receive some raggedy words. I had, to, I had to forgive some prophets that spoke some words that were not of God. Because my forgiveness is exempt of com- condition. No matter how they sin against me, I got to forgive them. And he says, I've got to extend it continually. No matter how often they sin against me, God, you don't, oh, Lord, help me. But I know now today I can put up some boundaries. Somebody say, stay right over there. And I've got to exude with compassion. It matters how you forgive. Don't just push that little letter over there. Don't just send them a little text, because y'all know we like to send them a little text and then keep it moving. Somebody say, that's not of God. I know y'all don't like that. But God says it has to be attached, somebody say, with mercy. Because if it ain't attached with mercy, it won't be meaningful and it will be short-lived. And yet, although this reveals how we should forgive, Pastor Keith ain't really addressed why we're required to forgive. Some of y'all might be saying, Pastor Keith, that's a little bit off. I like all what you're saying, but you're a little bit off. I'm not required to do it. When I do, I'll do it like that, but I'm not required. But I believe we find the answer to this question in verse 35 of our foundational text. Notice this. After that servant was forgiven, he was put in the same position. And then he was given the opportunity to forgive another. But he did not. And when the master found out that he did not, somebody said he was in big trouble. Go to the next screen. And notice what God, Jesus says, so my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. In other words, the reason I'm required to forgive is because it makes me eligible for his compassion. 
I don't know about nobody else, but you live this life long enough, you can't go a day without his compassion. So God, if I forever want to make myself eligible, the folk that stabbed me, that willfully abused me, that sinned against me, I've got to forgive them to keep myself eligible for God's compassion. Somebody say, God, keep me eligible. I know it's difficult, y'all, but I want you to stand to your feet. There's some folk that make it hard to forgive them. But I don't want my master to say that the debt that once was paid for, you now have to pay it. Help us today, Lord. Get that person on your heart, whoever that might be, that you know you're, and you're finding it hard to forgive. God, we need to be eligible for your compassion. Now, God, help us today. God, we know in the natural that they hurt us real bad. God, many of their sins have left us scars. My wife's sorority sister said this, and I don't know if it was her sorority sister or her friend, but she said that her child is hurt without the trauma. Many of us, because they have not been exposed to the sin of others yet, so many of us are living life with trauma as a result of another sins. God, I'm enduring trauma and trying to figure out how to navigate this trauma and heal from trauma, and you're asking me to forgive. Help me, God. Help me, God. God calls me to know, God, that it's without condition. I know it may have hurt me. I know I'm still working through it, God but help me to forgive with no condition. And God, as often as they sin against me, help me to continually extend compassion. Help me, God. Help. Somebody say, help us, God. Because, God, this is not easy. And God, when you, whenever we think it's, it's getting difficult, God, help us put up boundaries. We won't allow folk to willingly sin against us. But even when we cover ourselves, we're still required to extend forgiveness continually. And God, help us today. Because they face make us want to say some stuff. God, their face, every time I see their face, God, emotions arise in me that are not of the spirit. God, every time I see their face, God, we're just being real with you, God. God, we need some help. So God, we won't look at their reflection, but we'll remember your compassion towards us. Because God, we need to be eligible for your compassion. Somebody say it one more time. Help us, Lord. It's difficult to forgive and say thank God and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.